And this is going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And you may be wondering what verse. Verses 20 through 22. And after you find 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 22, 20 through 22, if you could please stand to honor the reading of his word, especially on this day. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 22, says this exactly. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. You may be seated. And I will too for the now. You all know why. My legs don't like me. And I'll be honest with you, there's times I don't like them. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Day. I don't know which version you like, Happy Easter, Happy Resurrection Day, and it doesn't really matter. They're one and the same, really. The word Easter, many people talk about, and when people hear it, there's a couple different versions of that word. When they hear the word Easter, many people don't like the word because, and I can understand why, when you hear the word Easter, many people think of it as being called a pagan holiday. And because back in the day, back in the day, there was the Celtic, religion, if you want to call it religion. Belief, we'll call it. And uh, in that sense, they use the word Easter, at least in the Bible and in the book of Acts, they use the word Easter and some of the newer versions say Passover, and it doesn't bother me because I understand why. It, they're talking about the spring uh, worship that people have. All that being said, there's the word Easter that gets used. And the reason is because the pagan holiday that some had, they worship false gods, and we know why. Because of the uh, the Eastra, Eastra or, or Ostra, some would say, uh, is the goddess, if you want to call her that. Now, I'm sorry, that sounded sarcastic, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> but anyway, the goddess that they uh, worship, the Anglo-Saxon goddess, and I say goddess, we're not talking about capital G, of course, talking lower G because she's not real, not a real goddess. This is a, a falsity that they would teach. But she was the goddess of spring and fertility. And uh, we know that that's the reason why there's people that, that in spring, they, they have the bunnies and all that stuff. All that doesn't bother me either because we know that's just fun for youngsters, and I get all that. However, we want to be careful with all that. It doesn't bother me if you all enjoy the bunny. It doesn't bother me at all because I know that our, our real beliefs belong to someone else. I understand all that. But many historians also talk about the word Easter, which is not necessarily a pagan word. They talk about how it doesn't really belong in the Bible uh, as far as, uh, we're not talking about the Bible itself, but we're talking about how that it wasn't necessarily a pagan word. Many of them say that it's actually Ostron, which is a German word. And they say that it means spring, dawn, uh, spring, dawn, sun from the east. Now, which one is it? Is it, it could be either or. Now, we understand that the, uh, the pagan quote-unquote holiday that they had, uh, we understand that, and that is true. Uh, as far as the word Easter itself, is it Ostrom, which is the German word for spring, dawn, spring of the sun that was in the east? That makes a lot of sense to me, the spring sun that was in the east. Or was it the uh, Ostra, uh, which is from uh, the, the spring goddess? doesn't matter. 
I do know one thing, that we're not here because of, of the spring, quote-unquote, goddess. We're not here for that. We're here because of one reason. When we talk about the word Easter or Resurrection Day, it doesn't matter to me which one you want to call it. Because when I, at least, and when we are here for Easter Sunday, we are here because in spring we get up on one day and we talk about a sunrise that came from the east. But not the S-U-N sun. We're not talking about the sunrise that way. We're talking about the S-O-N sun. And that, for that reason, in the east, when the sun rose that morning, there was an Easter Sunday. There was the resurrection day, the day that the sun rose. And again, we're talking about the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So when you hear the word Easter, though there are people who get into the Celtic, all that jazz, we ourselves are not talking about that, but we are talking about the resurrection day. We are talking about Easter, the rising of the not S-U-N sun, but S-O-N sun. We're talking about sunrise. And for that reason today, the title of the sermon is Sunrise. But again, not the S-U-N sun. We're talking about S-O-N sun, my Lord and Savior. And I believe, and at least I hope, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So today's title is Sunrise. Hallelujah. So the day after the Sabbath... We know what the Sabbath is. And after the Sabbath, it was a Sunday. It was a Sunday. And it was dark and early in the morning. And we see that the angels appeared. And the angels appeared, and they the women came to the grave. And which women were talking about? Mary Magdalene and a couple of other Marys. And they all came to the grave. But when they got there, they found that something had happened. Now, first of all, there were Roman guards that were there. We know Pontius Pilate put the Roman guards there. And they did that because the Jewish people came there. They said, we don't want the people to come, those who worship this man and believed him to be the Messiah, we don't want them to come and steal his body and say that he arose. So they put guards there. But folks, I don't care if they had put, they put a couple guards. I don't care if they put a couple hundred, nobody's going to keep the Lord God himself in the flesh, Jesus Christ, in that grave. Because when, when those guards were there at the grave, and I had been to that place, oh, praise the Lord God, I went there. And, you know, I'll be truth with you. I wanted to go, but it was difficult for me being a cheapskate that I am. Saved up the money to go, and when I went and got to that place, I got to see the place where they believe. I know for a fact Jesus was, had been there. But when I went, he wasn't there anymore. Just like those women, although I'm not a woman, believe it or not, I've been called that before. But I'm not a woman, but when those women got there, and when I got there, I got to see that he's not there. There's no dust there that was him. There's nothing there that was him because he is gone. He's not in that grave anymore. He is not there. Now, I went to a graveside yesterday. I went to a graveside yesterday. I saw where they were burying people or people had been buried. And I've been to that graveside many, many times. I've seen many fresh graves there. I've seen many places where people are burying others there. But when I went to this graveside, now it's slightly bigger than this here, slightly bigger. But when I went to this graveside, Christ wasn't there. And it's not because he disintegrated. It's because something happened on the morning when those people, those women went there. The angels came, he arose, he got up, and he walked out of there. That doesn't happen. Why? Because he's God in the flesh. He got up and walked right out of there. He didn't stay anymore. The angels said unto them in Matthew 28, 5 through 6, it says, the angels said to the women, do not be afraid, fear not, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, come see the place 
Well, the Lord lay. They went back to the apostles after that. Because see, here's what happens. They wanted to show, they wanted to testify. They wanted the people to see he had been here, but he's there no more. You see, people right now, they're, oh, this is just hearsay. This is just hearsay. Just hearsay that Jesus isn't there anymore. No, 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 no. There were testimonies. There were testimonies of many people. Testimonies of many, many people. I don't know if anyone here watches the news. Oh, it's so happy. It's so happy every day to watch the news, isn't it? Oh, yeah, you walk away just cheerful as all get out. But here's the thing. You always see testimonies. And, yeah, people do lie sometimes, depending on which channels you watch. I'm not going to get into all that political jazz. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this, that there are testimonies of witnesses of people who see it. Ain't it funny if you have testimonies of witnesses that people see it in the history books or on the news or whatever, people say, oh, well, they were there. It had to be that way. Isn't that funny? But yet when people read in the Bible the living word of God, they won't believe that testimony. And why is that? Well, we know why. They don't want to believe. That's not just a history book. As my brother, the pastor David Warren, said the other day, it's not just the history book. It is the living history book, the living word of God. It is the history book that keeps on giving because the Holy Spirit brings it to life for us. That's why people don't want to believe that because if they believe in that living history book, they have to change. They have to say, oh, there's something wrong. Yes, there is something wrong with us. This is why Jesus Christ didn't just die on the cross. He would have just been a nice guy who died. He didn't just die on the cross. He died and rose up and walked out. And when that happened, things changed completely forevermore. Forevermore. The women went back to the apostles, as they said. But when they got there, they told the apostles, talking about Peter and John mostly and all the others too, that, that were there, that is, because there was 10 of them that were there at the time. Thomas wasn't, and Judas is gone. Judas done hung himself. He hung himself on a tree. We already know that. So we won't go there. But Thomas wasn't there. And we know why Thomas wasn't there. Thomas wasn't there because he had a twin brother. They called Thomas Didymus. That means twin. Now, Thomas had to go tell his twin. Why did he tell him? Because he loved his brother. He didn't want his brother to be killed by accident because he looked like him. So they went. He went to tell him that. He wasn't there to see it. But whenever they the... Uh, the women went and told the apostles, they, even though they had heard Jesus say it over and over and over again, they didn't know what to believe. They didn't exactly believe it. And so many people say, oh, now that's just stupid. If I had heard that, well, first of all, how many times have we read the word? And we have Jesus living within us. And somehow, when things happen that Jesus warns us about every single day, we have a hard time believing it. And why is that? Because we're human and we have itty bitty pea brain brains. And we say, oh, now, how would you know? Well, my brain's been opened up before. And all they could tell me was that when they shook me, they heard dee, 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 dee. But anyway, all that being said, all that being said, of course, I'm joking. But I am trying to tell you that we as human beings, we look at things. Uh, we, we, we think. We think that we think of it uh, intelligently, but we don't. Because we can't see it as God sees it. He created all things. And he does things spiritually. He does things with true logic. Our logic, our own understanding, we're not smart enough to see what God knows, what God does. We just, we don't have that intelligence. We just don't. Oh, I know we want to, but we can't, especially when we don't know the Lord. So the, the wonderful apostles of John and Peter ran. They ran and they ran. 
ran faster than Forrest Gump, I declare. And they ran there to see what happened at that grave. And when they got there, oh man, John stopped at the doorway of the grave. He stopped. But Peter didn't, because Peter was bold. He was bold as brass. And he walked right in there, ran in. He ran there to see where Jesus had been laying. And he saw he wasn't there. And can you imagine? He said, oh, they wouldn't even let him lay there in peace. And they was, he was so upset. But John, he saw that Jesus was no longer there. And he went back and knew he was he knew he was alive. He knew in his heart. But here's the thing. It says in other places, and I'll get to this, it says that uh, that Simon saw Peter. Where does it say this? This is in 1 Corinthians 15, 5. You can write that down if you like. It says that Simon saw Jesus. Now, first of all, it doesn't say that there. It says Cleopas, or excuse me, uh, it talks about how Cleopas uh, saw Jesus, and it speaks about how Simon saw him too, and it says that in other places. But it talks uh, in in first. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 6, it talks about how the rock, the rock saw Jesus as well. And uh, we know that the rock saw him. And so, therefore, because we know that the rock saw Jesus, we know that he knew Jesus was alive. Now, we don't get to see that specifically at these moments, but it mentions it, that he saw him. And so, therefore, Peter did see him before all the other disciples, but all these other uh, disciples would see Jesus again because he would appear again. But before he appeared again to all the other disciples, he appeared to Mary Magdalene. And when he appeared to Mary Magdalene, she didn't recognize him at first. Sometimes we, we may say to ourselves, why didn't she recognize him? She knew him so well. Folks, how many times has God called out to us? Has Jesus called out to us? But we're so busy with our own emotions. We're so busy with all the things in the world that we don't recognize as Jesus calling to us. And you know why? We're, call, we're caught up in our emotions. We're caught up in our fear, caught up in our, our, our anxieties. We're caught up in our weaknesses. We're caught up in all these things. And we don't recognize that Christ is calling out to us. We say, yeah, but I know Jesus. I can recognize him. I'm sure we do. Sometimes, though, all the other things get us. I sometimes am caught up in my fears. I'm, I'm ashamed to say that to you, but it's true. I'm caught up in all the other things of the world. I'm ashamed to say that. Sometimes I'm watching the news. Sometimes I'm caught up. I can't believe that person said that. Oh, I can't believe it. If I were them, I would have done this. I would have done, well, we don't know till we're there. You know, you know what I mean? How about you're not feeling well? Oh, I hate to tell you this. I'm not feeling good all the time. And so I let my physical feelings get in the way. My emotional feelings get in the way. And sometimes I feel like God tells me, shut up. Let your, now I'm not saying I hear that word, but I, I hear the Holy Spirit say, be quiet, be quiet. Listen to the Spirit. And when I do that, it's amazing what I can hear, what I can feel, what God is telling me to do in the word. And when I do that, I grow so much more. I feel so much more and I'm calm. I'm at peace. Maybe you're just like that. We sometimes want to judge what these disciples did, but we're his disciples too. We're his soldiers too. We need to be quiet and listen to what God wants us to hear. When Jesus Christ was on the earth again, first of all, he appeared to them again. There was 10 of them. They all saw him in person. They saw him. But there was one who wasn't there, Thomas. We mentioned that. But when Thomas was there, once again, he appeared right in front of him. He said, I'm not going to believe unless Jesus is with me and I can feel him, see him, touch him. And we all call him Doubting Thomas. We know that. That poor man. That poor man. For 2,000 years, 
People don't just know him as Tom. They don't know him as the tall boy Thomas. They know him as Doubting Thomas. Can you imagine that? You mess up one time, and from the now on, they're going to know you as Fat Phil. They're going to know you as Balding Phil. They're going to know you as, as Stuttering Phil, or whatever it might be that you might have a, a depravity of doing. Now this poor man is going to be known as Doubting Thomas. But I'm going to explain something to you about Doubting Thomas. There's not just Doubting Thomas. There's Doubting Bob, Doubting Rebecca. Doubting, who, by the way, if your name is Bob or Rebecca, I apologize. I wasn't talking specifically about you. We have all been doubters until that moment when Christ came into our hearts. And maybe there's someone out there right now who are, who's doubting the reality of Jesus. We know people right now who say, I can't believe because I need proof. I won't believe unless I see the science in it. Oh, folks, I don't know about you, but if I hear the word science one more time, and unless it's science fiction, <laughs> if I hear the word science one more time on the news, I'm going to scream. And I can go ahead and just do it now. Ah! Because we know that you're going to hear it tonight, right, on the news. You know you're going to hear that. You're going to see Dr. Well, we know his name, Fauci. But you're going to see Dr. Fauci say something about science, science, science. But science has nearly become a religion. Because people want to put their faith in science and not he, the Lord God, who created the true science. He created all things. The fact is God gave proof. God gave proof in the word of God and his son who rose again and the people could see it. So what happened? Jesus Christ appeared in front of Thomas and he says, okay, now I'm paraphrasing, okay, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to read it right out of the word. But he said, you need proof. Here's your proof. Touch me, but not just my hands. Touch my side. Touch where I've been stabbed. Can you imagine that? That Thomas, who was a believer, needed proof so much that he needed to touch inside his wound. What a freak. What a weird mobile. That he needed to touch Jesus Christ in his wound. Can you imagine that? Folks, how many Christians right now say, well, I have to believe in the science. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but... Folks, if you can't believe the word of God himself, Jesus, then you are something wrong with you. You don't have true faith in Jesus. God made all this. You might want to question where you're at in your walk with Christ. I'm ashamed to say there's been times when I've gotten away from the Lord in my life, earlier in my life, praise the Lord God, just earlier. And I started doubting different things, not doubting the Lord God, not doubting my salvation, but started doubting different things because I wasn't growing close to God. And why? Because I spent, spent too much time paying attention to other things instead of paying attention to him. Folks, the proof is in the pudding and the proof is in the Lord Jesus Christ because he lives in my heart. And if I'm paying attention to the voice of God, there is no doubt. If you're paying attention, listening to him, there is no doubt, not whatsoever. He is living in you. And people say all the time, but there is no proof. Listen, I said a while ago that we have witnesses all over the place, witnesses who've seen things, we know what happened on September 11th. There are witnesses all over the place. Sadly, we see witnesses all the time of things that happen in history. And if we can believe the witness of someone who was there, then how come we can't believe the witness of all the people that were there and saw Jesus Christ rise again and live? Folks, we see we see in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, that there were witnesses. It says that there were more than 500 witnesses that saw Jesus Christ alive again. And if you can believe one witness that sees something happening on the news, then why can't you believe over 500 witnesses of the apostles that knew him personally? Why can't you? 
We should be able to believe it and know it, and that should be more than proof. When God himself spoke to us, the God that lives in your heart, Jesus Christ, speaks to us every single day and says, this is fact, this is true. He's alive. He's alive forevermore. He's alive. He lives within me, and if you ask him into your heart, he lives within you. It says in Acts 4.33, and listen now, because you are an apostle. You are a disciple, I'm saying. It says this, and this isn't the whole verses, but it is enough for you to hear right now. Acts 4.33, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. And I'm telling you right now, he has given you, because of them, the witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have that witness because he lives in your heart. And if you're with him daily and growing with him daily, you're witness to know that Jesus is alive. I speak to him all the time. I'm, in fact, I, I know he doesn't do this, okay? I'm just paraphrasing, of course. But there's sometimes he's like, okay, Philip, all right, I know you're talking with me. Can you give me a break? I know he's not doing that, but I talk to him all the time. Do you ever talk to him all the time? I do more than say, dear, precious Heavenly Father, bless his food. I'm sure you can tell that I've blessed the food more than once in my life. But the fact of the matter is, is I speak to him like he's standing right with me, talking with me, walking with me. I hope you do too. I hope you do too. How about you? You know, so many have seen Jesus since. Why? Because he's real. He's real, and they see him living, and so many people since. They've seen Jesus living in Christians, have they seen him living in you? I hope so. Have they seen him living in you? It's like that old hymn, let others see Jesus in you. Let others see Jesus in you. We need to let others see Jesus living within us, each and every one of us. Because they need to see that testimony, that living testimony of Jesus Christ. Have we allowed them to see Jesus living within us? Yes, I know there are changes that need to be made. I mentioned a hundred and who knows how many times how when I first got saved, I was just a little boy. I'm only seven. But it, I didn't just change right away. It took time. I don't know if anyone here has ever lost weight, but when you do, it doesn't just happen right away. Well, I'm going on a diet. Boom, I'm different. No, it doesn't happen. When you're getting in shape, I'm talking about putting on muscle. It doesn't happen right away. I, I, did, I, I thought as a kid, by the way, I thought if I picked up a, a weight, I wanted so badly to, to do weights, right? I thought I used to watch The Incredible Hulk. Anyone ever used to watch that show? Yes. I thought if I just did weights one day, I'd be like a Popeye cartoon, taking your spinach. One day you'd wake up and boom, you'd have muscle. You'd be stronger than all get out. Folks, it doesn't happen that way with the Lord Jesus Christ. The moment you ask him in your heart, you don't just boom, change. And suddenly all of a sudden you look like Popeye. It isn't going to happen. It isn't going to happen that one day you have your spiritual muscle and everything's changed. No, it's going to take time and Jesus is going to slowly change you and he's going to transform you because he is living without, within, without, and he's going to change you. And you're, they're going to see less of you, more of Jesus each and every day. And I mention it all the time because they have to see Jesus shining from within, without. That's what it's got to be. He's risen and they can see it. They can see it. You're like that grave except for though he's not in the grave anymore, he's now in you. Amen. You're like the grave where he lives within, except you're no longer a dead body. You're a living body. That empty soul is now filled with Christ. Many won't believe unless they have proof. They have the quote-unquote science. 
They won't believe it because they're leaning on their own understanding. Oh, they'll believe everything but the Bible, and that's sad. It says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not to thine own understanding. Amen? Amen. That's sad. That's very sad. We need to allow people to see us. They need to see Jesus. They need to see him every day as the sun rises up within us every day. I know a lot of times we lean onto our own flesh. We lean onto ourselves, but we can't do that. We need to let Jesus Christ rise up within us, die to ourselves daily, let Christ rise up within us. Jesus, as we know, went up to heaven and returned. Uh, excuse me, he rises up to heaven and he will return someday. Many say, I've been hearing that my whole life that Christ is going to come back, and I've yet to see it. I've yet to see it. What a foolish statement. I've heard that so many times. Oh, I've heard it. He's going to come back, but I've not seen it yet. Because <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. You know what else you've heard your whole life? You know what else you've heard your whole life? Someday you're going to die. You've probably heard that your whole life. Guess what? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm sorry to say. It's going to happen. Someday you will die. But the big question is, where are you going to go when you die? Are you going to go to heaven or are you going to go to hell? There's only two places. What about purgatory? There is no purgatory. That's a false narrative, as the news would say. It's a false narrative. People get that all mixed up. You say, well, wait, what, what, what about purgatory? I've heard it before. Come next week. We'll talk a little bit about that. Okay. Come next week. We'll talk a little bit about what happened to Jesus in between. All right? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about paradise. We'll talk about all of that stuff. That's next week, though, not today. We'll talk about that. But that's not Easter. You don't only have to go to church on Easter and Christmas. I, I didn't know if you knew that, but you don't have to. You can come more than just twice a year, just so you know. I didn't know if you knew. Some people believe that, believe it or not. Okay, so that being said, you don't have to wait till you die to call out to Jesus. You can call out now. And I dare say to you, even you who's at home right now, if you question, even question where you're going to go, don't wait. Call unto Jesus right now. Call unto him. It wasn't that he just died on the cross. Because if he had just died on the cross, it'd be so sad. He'd be a nice guy who died on the cross. That's not it. Jesus Christ wasn't just a nice guy. He was God. He was the Son of God in the flesh. And he died and he didn't stay dead. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah. The Messiah Christ arose. I've been there. I've seen he's not there. You're not going to see it. He's not there. But he will be back. He will be back. And if he's not living in you within you right now, he can be at this very minute. At this very minute, he can be living within you. You can call upon him right now. And you might say right now, but I'm just not sure. I think maybe, because when I was a kid, I went to church a couple times. I'm glad you went to church a couple times. But that's not enough to get you there. Maybe you go every single week. It's not enough to get you into heaven. Going to church, giving of the offering, all those things is not what gets you into heaven. What gets you into heaven is Jesus and his grace. Your faith in his grace. When you call unto him, say, Lord God, I know that I deserve to go to hell. I know I'm a sinner. I know that I'm going to hell. You might say, but I'm a nice person. 
Well, no, you're not. Pastor, you don't know. But yeah, but you're not a nice person because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's every single one of us. And we all deserve to burn for eternity, every single one of us. That's the truth. And Romans 6.23 says this, and it's so, sure, so for certain true. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if you are even beginning to question where you're going to go, call on a Jesus and he will save you. You don't have to question anymore. But pastor, I know I did, but yet I made a lot of mistakes. Well, if there's any question right now, come forward. We will make mistakes. We know that. But you don't have to question ever again. Come to Jesus. Come unto him. He's there for you. Remember what Jesus said to the woman at the well. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's what he said to her. You ask yourself this. And Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this, and it's so very true. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I made that decision at the age of seven. Oh, you were so young. Yes, and I also knew at that young age, I deserved to burn for eternity. But I'm not going to because Jesus says, I love you despite your faults. And he's saying the same to you today. He's saying the same to you today. Come to him today. Romans 6, 8 through 11 says, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ is, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You never have to doubt again where you're going to go. Never again. So I say unto you today, this is a beautiful Easter day. A beautiful resurrection day because Easter is not alone about the cross it's about the fact that the cross is empty it's about the fact that the tomb is empty it's about the fact that your heart no longer has to be empty it's about the fact that you can now know without a shadow of a doubt that the Sun has rise has risen and it is risen up and now living within your heart and we can be happy so on that wonderful Sunday morning in the spring when we wake up and we look inside those baskets and see what the kids have got I know that we can be so extremely happy because we know what we have received we have received eternal life that Jesus Christ is there and will always be there and I will never fear again because I know I know I know that I have received the greatest gift I will ever receive he called me up he brought me into salvation and I will never ever lose it I will never fear where I'm gonna go ever again I want to see right now. And it's okay. I want to see all hands, all hands on deck. I want to see who knows without a shadow of a doubt that they're going to go with Jesus Christ someday. Let me see your hands here. Hallelujah. Happy.
happy Easter, happy Resurrection Day. Praise the Lord God. We know where we're going. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Let the sun rise in you today and every day to shine for all to see. Because I know that just like when those women saw that Jesus rose, just like when over 500 people saw that Christ rose up, when people see you, they will see Jesus living in you when we allow him to be seen. Hallelujah. And I close with this. And I have to do this in the in the uh, King James Version because it sounds right to me in, G in King James. John 3, 16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the con uh, condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, or in other words, exposed, and they were they are wrought in God. They are done in God. As we close today, I say to you, if you have any doubt whatsoever where you stand with Christ, come forward today. Don't be ashamed. Nobody's judging anybody. The only judge at all is Christ anyway, the Lord God. You need not to worry about what anyone thinks. Everybody is with you here today. We've all, we've all sinned for the glory of God. We have all been in this position. And I can't say this for anyone else but me. I have doubted my salvation many a times. I've come forward more than once because I know myself to be imperfect. I know myself to be imperfect, as all are. Even after salvation, I know myself to be imperfect. There's no judgment. Come forward. If you have fallen short since, and by that I mean made mistakes, and you feel that it would do good, I'm not talking about renewing your salvation, but making sure that your relationship with Jesus is fresh, if you want to call it that. Make a rededication to the Lord Jesus Christ today. By all means, do so. Here's what I'm going to ask for you to do. I'm going to ask for you to come forward. I'm also going to ask for, not only am I going to stand up here to pray, I'm going to ask for uh, Pastor David to come forward so that he can stand over here on the side for people to come forward as well to him. And afterwards, we're going to have communion here, and Brother David is going to, uh, excuse me, Pastor David is going to do that with some of his men. And please stay for that if you feel so led. Let's now bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, I pray right now. I pray right now. I pray if there be anyone at all who has any doubt whatsoever that they come forward today. Lord God, we know what this day, the Resurrection Day Easter, we know what it means. We know, Lord God, what we're here for. And I pray. I pray, Lord God, that if there be anyone at all who has any doubt whatsoever where they stand or where they lie, I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that they not be ashamed that they come forward. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that this day, if there be people who want to rededicate their lives, that they will do so.
even if they are rededicated already and they know that they're walking straight forward, but yet they want to come forward because there's things within their lives that they know that is not correct or that they simply just want to show their love and dedication unto you, Lord God. I pray they'll do so. I pray this day, above all days, being the holiest of days, I pray we show our complete love and compassion towards you. I pray all this in your holy name, Jesus. Amen.